the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back. Wednesday, April 20th, 2022, 602 is the number to call if you'd like to join uh, the conversation uh, with me and the audience. It was attributed many moons ago to Donald Trump that he once said, it doesn't matter what the press says about you so long as they spell your name right. Keep that in mind just a moment. I did something today I just haven't done in a really long time. I can't remember when. Just to see what was important to the left, and I went to the MSNBC homepage. You think it'd be a good site to get news, or at least news from the left. Here were the top stories when I checked it out. It uh, must have been about 11 this morning. I kid you not. I wrote them down. Here's what's at the top of their page. I'll just give you their headlines. One, these are headlines, the top The top five headlines. One, a left-wing activist went on Tucker Carlson's show and beat him at his own game. That's headline one. And that's how they write it. Two, Tucker Carlson's bromeopathic approach to masculinity is as horrifying as it sounds. That's two. Three, an experiment on Fox News viewers had some shocking results. That was three. Four, how right-wing media amplified an unfounded theory promoted by Russian state media. That was four. And five, Herschel Walker's awkward Fox News interview is hard to watch. Those are the top five stories, headlines at MSNBC. I'm not making any of it up. Those were the top five stories on their website earlier today. May still be. I'm not sure. This is not... A news site. It's a news observation or news critic site is what it sounds like. And only one network. Imagine that. Even Media Matters and similar organizations put more than just Fox into their gun sites. Now, the first thought I had was really this. How sustainable is a news or opinion site that seems exclusively dedicated to taking down or taking out a competitor news organization, and not by outworking them or doing better reporting, but just by snark and gotcha. Can you imagine if NBC just had its site full of attempted takedowns of CBS? My second thought, Fox is a newsmaker and MSNBC is not. MSNBC is quite literally just covering what Fox is saying and doing. That makes Fox the interesting thing, the newsmaker, doesn't it? My third thought, this is really nothing brand new for a left-wing journalism or opinion organization masquerading as a news organization. Keep in mind, I said it's not brand new. As we have seen Twitter, Facebook, and other major news organizations censor others' news stories. Think Hunter Biden's laptop in the New York Post. And when it seeped out anyway, those stories, those news organizations like MSNBC and Twitter and Facebook sought not to verify or cover the story, but destroy it by organizing liberal left intelligence officials to denounce it as Russian propaganda. Or you could see a local version of it 
at the journalism school here at ASU, firing a radio host, student and producer for linking to a story at the New York Post, a story that was never anything but true regarding one of the Black Lives Matter personalities they wanted to control the narrative of. Student got fired from her job at the radio station at ASU for linking, doing nothing more than linking to a New York Post story about Black Lives Matter. Hell of a thing when news organizations or journalism schools seek and teach censorship. I think it should result in them losing their credentials. But regardless, this is not really what MSNBC is doing. It's not censorship they seek in going after Fox and Tucker. But it is an effort, a bad one, I think, but an effort nonetheless to do its level best to take a competitor down. And again, not by outworking or providing better content, but by snark. It's the soft version of disappearing the point of view you do not like. The hard version is what ASU did and what others did with Hunter Biden and the New York Post. By the way, I should like to suggest that when Republicans regain Congress this November, they hold hearings of news executives or these and or these intelligence officials to find out on what basis they used their credibility and intelligence clearances to perpetrate the notion that the Hunter Biden story was a Russian disinformation campaign because it very clearly perpetrated a hoax and a fraud on the American people in so doing, and it most very likely changed an election outcome. If election interference is a crime, moral or otherwise, there may have been no greater election interference than was done on the Hunter Biden story in the New York Post. And boy, to listen to supporters of Stacey Abrams or any Democrat from 2016 to 2020, you better believe election interference bothers Democrats in the media, at least if it yields a Republican victory or a Republican candidate's win. Keep in mind. Almost 50 percent of Biden voters knew nothing about Hunter's laptop scandal, according to polling conducted after the election by the Media Research Center. And almost 10 percent, when informed of it, said they would not have voted for Biden had they known that story. That would have given the election to Donald Trump. The media and the intelligence community altered an election by condemning and censoring a fully legitimate story. There should be hearings on this. I mean, if game shows cannot perpetrate a fraud, how can corporate and theoretically mainstream and major news organizations do it? And how can people with intelligence clearances do it? They should be impaneled under oath and asked about all of this. Of course, they will raise all kinds of objections, including their First Amendment rights. And that's the dramatic irony of it all. They will cite the First Amendment as a defense to speaking about how they violated it to censor others for purposes of nothing more than an ideological win. And they will see nothing wrong with it at all because of what we've been speaking about for the past couple of days. Opinion, principle, hierarchy. As William Buckley puts it, quod licit jovi, non licit bovi. What's permissible for the gods is not permissible for the cattle or the swine. And they, the left, To themselves are the gods, and we to the left are the cows and swine. But it's really nothing new when you think about how all the cultural elites have engaged in this kind of thing for years. Remember the Alger Hiss story, the communist who worked for Franklin Roosevelt? The culture, the elites, they wanted to believe Alger Hiss and condemn Whitaker Chambers, the ex-communist who outed him. 
And of course, once all the Soviet records were opened up, we who supported or <laughs> my ancestors who supported and thought Whitaker Chambers was right were borne out that Whitaker Chambers was telling the truth and Alger Hiss went to jail rightfully for lying. All we want to do as conservatives, as Glenn Reynolds once put it, is let the other side speak. We're not into censoring him. Let them speak and hopefully even debate. What they want is to silence us, shut us up, disappear us. I give you the story of the last couple days with libs of TikTok. All libs of TikTok did was reproduce, republish what woke activists recorded and published and produced themselves and put on TikTok. They just didn't want the attention of it brought to non-leftists because the woke teachers in those videos they themselves made assumed everyone would agree with them in their little bubbles and self-created Anatevkas on TikTok. So libs of TikTok got doxxed and in trouble for doing nothing more than giving a bigger audience to those who did, in fact, put out videos on teaching young children about sex and sex transformation. Now, you may ask, how is it these teachers could think what they were speaking was common sense and acceptable and the coin of the realm? How is it they could think what they were saying and doing was normal and okay in the first place? Two reasons. One, because nobody was really paying attention to what they were doing and nobody ever assumed they would be using children for adult sexual themes and discussions and approvals. And two, these teachers, all of them that I've seen fairly young, grew up in very insular and insulated places, places already subject to censorship, places already organized to put feelings above facts and emotions above truth. It's the same reason millennials are melting down at Twitter over the fact that Elon Musk may attempt to end viewpoint discrimination and censorship at Twitter. Something replaced and trumped politics in our pedagogy about a generation ago. We used to joke about getting rewards for showing up or just participating instead of winning. We used to joke about not calling someone a winner or no longer saying the award goes to. Those changes, those eliminations of superlatives and qualifications of excellence were replaced and, dis- and, and disavowed in order to nurture feelings. And thus now, feelings trump natural or any other kind of right or fact. Look at Patrice Coulors saying she's triggered and traumatized by simply having to fill out a form every other C3 in the country has to. This is why and how we got to the phrase I speak about often here, my truth, or at least got to the phrase, my truth, as worthy of any meaning whatsoever. Remember uh, watching Kamala Harris listen to a student instructor on uh, why uh, the terrorism in Israel was justified, and she said, thank you for speaking your truth. One used to say, who cares what your truth is? Today, we can no longer say that, for that would diminish the individual's feelings, personhood, and claim to rightness based on their own feelings about any given matter. Long and short of it, we don't have a country governed or animated by self-evident truths anymore. We have a country governed or animated by 331 million different versions of truth. The story is inconvenient to the acceptable or forced narrative. Censor it or invent lies about it or docs and try to take out the author. And if questioned about it 
in turn claim an incursion to your right, to your opinion, your truth, or even your First Amendment freedoms. It's freedom for me, though, but not for thee, because of opinion and principle hierarchy. One opinion in this world is kosher, and one is unclean. The liberal left versus the conservative. How did we get here? Lots of theories. Adam Carolla has some. Heather Haying has some. I'll go with Professor Haying for just now. She writes, it is a fine needle to thread giving children enough space to make their own decisions and mistakes and protecting them from real danger. Our societal pendulum has swung too far to one side to protecting children against all risk and all harm, such that many who come of age under this paradigm feel that everything is a threat, that they need safe spaces, that words are violent. By comparison, children with exposure to diverse experiences, physical, physical, psychological, and intellectual, they learn what is possible and become more expansive. It is imperative that children experience discomfort in each of these realms, physical, psychological, intellectual. Absent that, she says, they end up full-grown but confused about what harm and truth actually are. They end up children in the bodies of adults. This is true of the kindergarten teachers the libs of TikTok republished, as it is for the employees of Twitter, as it is for MSNBC, as it is evidently for almost all major media and college students today, to say nothing of elementary and secondary students. We are training them, if they are not already trained, to be confused children in grown-up bodies. I get it. As Tape says, do not forget, Wormwood, you are there to fuddle him. From the way some of your your friends talk, anyone suppose it was our job to actually teach or report. Our job is to fuddle, which is a good word for confuse. It may be, in the end, a sign of historical importance someday that the most free country in the world allowed an entire generation led by professional educators to leave the Enlightenment and the sun for the cave and the chains the exact reverse lesson from Plato's Republic. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, portions of which are brought to you by Balance of Nature, pure potent plant power, Balance of Nature is the only whole food supplement with no additives, extracts, synthetics, fillers, pesticides, sugar, added sugar, I should say, because there is natural sugar in the fruits and veggies they distill. The only thing in their capsules is pure fruits and vegetables, 100% natural using vine-ripened produce that is third-party tested for bacteria, pesticides, heavy metals. Balance of Nature fruits and veggies are gluten-free, non-GMO, contain no added vitamins or other chemicals. I take it every single day, one daily dose, potent stuff. Go to balanceofnature.com. If you order their fruits and veggies, as I suggest, make sure to use discount code BALANCE. I want to do a shout-out to a listener named Adiba, a friend of mine, who I, she said she was just listening. That's great. Let's go to the lines. Robert's in Phoenix. Hello, Robert. I just want to say thank you, first of all, for um, being out there and, and giving us this information. Uh, it, it, it's a wonderful thing. It, 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 we're very grateful for you as your listeners. My question to you is, how do we restore the sense of rugged individualism to the American culture? Currently, nobody's responsible for anything they do. We obviously had numerous election laws broken. Nobody paid the price. 
we have a situation where, uh, as you as you were saying before, you know, our, our, we have children's and adult bodies. They can't take the truth. And uh, as Ben Franklin said, you know, those who exchange comfort, liberty for comfort, deserve neither. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Um, the answer is, Robert, I think... Uh, puissance and feck, F-E-C-K, power, power. And it's only going to come from leaders like Ron DeSantis, who show the way on how you can use your leadership and your elected position to actually go right after the culture. Uh, the novelist Walker Percy, you've heard me say before, perhaps the novelist Walker Percy says you have to push back as hard against the age that pushes against you. Too many don't. It's kind of a weird thing with over 200 Republican congressmen and close to 40, 49 uh, Republican senators that we can only name, what, six or seven, maybe off the top of our heads, maybe, who really fight on these fronts on a daily or weekly or even once in a while basis. We need more Republicans that are willing to do it. Ron DeSantis is showing how to do it. I think it's going to take a revolutionary level of thinking in the conservative movement. It started in Virginia. It cannot end in Virginia. And it starts with the schools. The left went after the schools. We were not paying attention. We simply were not paying attention. When it came to post-secondary education, we heard from our college students these weird notions they were coming back on their spring breaks or winter breaks with, talking about, you know, um, philosophers we'd never heard of from uh, revolutionary movements and countries we couldn't find on a map. And we said, you know what? It's okay. They'll grow out of it when they enter the real world. Well, as I like to say, that Marxist ideology that has suffused higher education and has now infused elementary and secondary education, it leaked out of those ivory towers, and it's a far more damaging and toxic leak than anything that came out of the Wuhan virology lab because it's affecting our brains and not our lungs. It's affecting our brains and our country in a way that most people could have never imagined. Reagan said it only takes one generation to lose freedom. Only one. We like to quote him. I don't think we took it seriously enough. We can no longer wait. We got to do it now. This is the year. This is the election. Let's take our culture and our country back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Andy Kim, is that who that is? Little Andy Kim for you there. 602-508-0960. Hal's in Phoenix. Hello, Hal. Uh, hi there. You know, uh, somebody has to explain to me how the lap, uh, Hunter's laptop is uh, Russian mis uh, misinformation. Right. Uh, how, how do you do that? Do you... Did they uh, get uh, uh, actors that look like uh, uh, Hunter and get them to? Uh, oh no 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 no! It was much easier than that, Hal. And it's and it's and and the way you put your finger on it 
is actually kind of interesting because it's not only it was not only easier than that, it was how many people swallowed the lies that they were perpetrating. All they did, all they did was get ex-intelligent, former intelligent officials, mostly from the Obama administration, Clapper and those types, the kind you see on CNN and MSNBC all the time, who have security clearances, still have them. I don't know if most people know that. You get a security clearance, even when your administration is over, you still have access to classified intelligence. So they can speak as if they come with some aura of or uh, aura of authority, some aura of expertise. But no one asked them what they based their their, uh, their 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 conclusions on. No one said, and what intelligence have you seen that leads you to tell us this looks like a Russian disinformation campaign? Now, remember what these guys did, these guys and gals did to lord their expertise over um, over you. They said this has all the appearance of this looks like our best assessment is they just made it up, Hal. They made it up. I'm sure of it. I'm convinced of it. That's all they had to do because no evidence was ever forthcoming that they did anything more than that. And the New York Times this uh, earlier this month validated that the story was accurate and not Russian disinformation. So hence my quest or request, I suppose, is once we get a majority – Hopefully, when we get a majority in Congress, in the House or the Senate, it doesn't matter. Either side has subpoena investigative and investigative authority. The House does. Typically, you would see it at something like the House Oversight Committee. The Senate has it as well. So even if we don't get the Senate and we just get the House, I want to have I want to haul these guys up for hearings. I want to have hearings on this. I want them to do what you're asking, Hal. I want them to be asked. I want them to be questioned under oath how they arrived at the notion that hunter's laptop story was russian disinformation i want them to answer that under oath i really do and then i want there to be consequences for them to be able to maintain their security clearances i want there to be consequences for that they shouldn't be able to use their elite expertise and former government employment, which should have been seen as an honor rather rather than as a political weapon to be used against opponents, particularly in domestic electioneering. I want them to be exposed, Hal. I really do. And I want the entirety of the American people to see it for what they are. Now, here's the problem. When I say the entirety of the American public to see it for what it is or see it for what they are, don't hold out too much hope that, you know, that the entirety of the country will see it our way. You know, 30 to 40 percent of the country, maybe even a little bit more, will think that they were entirely justified because they think whatever it takes to defeat Republicans is legitimate. They actually agree with making up stories about Russian disinformation. Look at the 2016 election contretemps after all. They actually know they lied to us and they think it's justifiable for the higher cause. Because why? Why? Someday we're going to make a bumper sticker out of this. Someday. Not anytime soon. <laughs> Quad licit jovi, non licit bovi. What's good for the gods is not good for the cattle and the swine. And the left thinks they are the gods. 
and that we are the cattle and the swine. We are not on equal footing with them. Pari parsu. We are not in their mind. And we must be defeated at all costs. Well, we've never played that way. We don't have to play that way. We just have to use our constitutional, legal, and political power wisely and smartly. Again, you need a teacher or an instructor on it? Look to Florida. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Delighted with uh, our newest sponsor, Y Refi. These are cool guys. They're based in Scottsdale. Went up and visited with them. Uh, spent a lot of time with them. One of them's even a trumpet player, and we we jammed a little. He had a trumpet there for me, an old uh, Con Constellation. That's the trumpet Maynard Ferguson used back in the Stan Kenton days. We played a little Miles Davis because I can't play like Maynard, but most people can play like Miles. Anyway, this company, it's great. Think about this. What if you could invest in a secure and collateralized portfolio while earning exceptional fixed returns and helping other people? You can do well by doing good. With the folks at Y-Refi, they are helping students get out of student loan debt. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest the letter Y, then R-E-F-Y dot com. As I said, they're a local company. You can go visit them. You won't get a heavy sales pitch. You won't get any sales pitch. They'll just tell you about what they do. They're in the business of helping people that others won't, and you can be too. Makes you feel good, right? Go to investyrefi.com or call them at 855-316-3087. Tell them I sent you, and if you want to play a little trumpet while you're there, they'll welcome you to do that two. All right. I said in my monologue earlier in the show, uh, earlier in the hour, that there are a lot of explanations around for how we created um, such uh, tender snowflakes that aren't just um, not, aren't just in eighth and ninth grade anymore, not just in high school or college anymore, but are really children in adult bodies. And I said, I really like Professor Heather Hang's analysis of it and explanation, which I gave in my uh, monologue. You know, the other person who has a really good read on this, too, is Adam Carolla. Um, He testified to Congress about this a few years ago, and he put it this way. I just we've quoted it before, and I just think it's worth quoting again. Dennis Prager says Adam understands human. Na- How does he put it? Billy says Adam understands human nature perhaps better than almost anyone he's ever gotten to know. Now his podcast isn't for everyone, so let me not you know let me not send you to a podcast where you know offense is given regularly. <laughs> okay, uh, offense to sensibilities. But Dennis is right. When Adam zeroes in on a part of human nature, he gets it. So he testified to Congress and he said, we're talking a lot about the kids these days. And I think they're just that kids. We are the adults. And I don't think we're doing the children. I mean, these are 18 and 19 year old kids at these college campuses. We're not doing them any favors. He said they grew up dipped in pure Purell, playing soccer games where they never kept score and watching shows like Wow Wow Wubsy, and we're asking them to be mature adults. We need the adults to start being the adults. 
Studies have shown that if you take people and put them in a zero-gravity environment like astronauts, they lose muscle mass. They lose bone density. We're taking these kids in the name of protection. We're putting them in a zero-gravity environment, and they are losing muscle mass and bone density. They need to live in a world that has gravity. Think about that use of his word, his use of that word gravity. Grave consequences, a world with consequences. You need to expose your children to germs and dirt and the environment to build up their immune systems. That's true in the physical world. It should also be true in the emotional and intellectual part of their lives. Whereas what we do is put them in bubble wrap, keep them away from anything and everything we think may hurt their feelings, and somehow expect they will come out stronger when they emerge from their bubble wrap. And it's not happening. He concludes by saying children are the future, but we are the present and we are the adults and we need to act like it. And I feel that what's going on on the campuses, and he was talking about college campuses, but I think he should have been also mentioning, and this was a little before we learned what was going on in our K-12 systems, he should be talking about elementary and secondary education as well. We adults need to act like adults. And I feel what's going on in these campuses is that there is no law and there is no order. And we need to bring back law and order. And then he says something interesting. He says, but I think if we just had order, maybe we wouldn't need law. So could we just bring back order? And could the faculties and administrations on these campuses act like faculties and administrations? You know, that was made uh, – I think you get a version of that, by the way, in his movie with Dennis Prager, No Safe Spaces. I think they have a, an excerpt of that testimony in it. You can get it online as well. Um, if and when we do take back Congress in November, I want hearings on this stuff as well. I want hearings not just at the Oversight Committee and at the Intelligence Committees about how these intelligence experts and people with security clearances still, even though they are no longer in the administration, I want the Oversight Committees asking them about how they assessed the Hunter Biden laptop story was Russian disinformation. I want the Education Committees to hold hearings, too. You know, it's not sufficient enough for me or for this country or for our kids to just win victories here and there, like in Virginia. It's not sufficient. What we need are, what we're seeing here in Phoenix, and I want to do a shout out to the Arizona Women of Action. If you don't follow them on Twitter, please do, or check out their website. They're doing great work in helping fuel candidates for school boards. Yes, at the local level. But you know what? The left has shown what you can do with federal power. I don't want to exercise that power any more than the federal government has. I really don't. But one of the powers that is a soft power that could have major consequences would be hearings. It doesn't require the passage of any law. It doesn't require the expense at your purse or your wallet any further. Hold hearings. Hold them accountable. Expose them. That's what they're afraid of most. Remember, when a system is built on a lie, 
The truth is the thing they go after the most fiercely. Think about that with Libs of TikTok. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Okay, that, that's, that's the song we need to play for Schweikert. That's the song we need to play. I, someone told me he hates Barry Manilow, so he shall get a lot of Barry Manilow whenever he's on the show. That last line I was talking about right before the break about uh, – about uh, the truth uh, being the thing that must be crushed the heaviest, uh, according to the left, because see, 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 libs of TikTok is an example, is because it is the greatest enemy of a lie. I got that from an essay, a very famous essay, once famous essay from Václav Havel, who was once known as the conscience, one of the consciences, along with Lech Walesa, of Europe. He was imprisoned by the communists. And he wrote this tremendous essay called The Power of the Powerless, Václav Havel. And I think really this is why I've been rereading Whitaker Chambers. I think we all would do ourselves a favor to understand the ideology we're up against. I think we would all do ourselves a favor by going back and reading those who had to face this in the most extreme senses, prison. Read your souls and Hitchens. Go back and read your Václav Havels. Go back and read your Whitaker Chambers. I can give you more from that essay. Václav Havel says, there is something in human beings which responds to a system of lies, something that they can reflect and accommodate, something within them, people who want to live by a lie, which paralyzes every effort of their better selves to revolt against it. Human beings are compelled often in heavy governments to live within a lie, but they can be compelled to do so only because they are, in fact, capable of living this way. We have seen this, folks. We've seen it through COVID. We've seen it through so many things. We are, in fact, capable of living within a lie. Too many of us are. Too many of us are. Our job is to show that we are better and more capable of living in the truth. Till tomorrow, God bless you all. Class dismissed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.